0: Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So, if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health/save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health/save for your free spend analysis. outcomesrocket.health/save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Bill Zybach. He has a long career in management and leadership consulting and is currently in-house at U.S. Bank. Bill's current position integrates his eclectic experience in organization design, development, leadership, and IT with agility in the financial industry. As a board of the Organization Design Forum, From 2009 to 2018, he established virtual offerings to expand the forum to a global and year-round enterprise. He's co-founder of ZTC Consulting, which promotes innovation in design and operations. Because so many institutions and their change efforts are failing to meet expectations. His upcoming book, Syngineering, Building Agility into Every Organization, Integrates new thinking, new behaviors, and new approaches that can be used in any organization to create responsive and accountable enterprises, which are required by businesses that desire to thrive in the complexity and volatility of today's world. So I had the privilege of, of meeting Bill at the uh, DocSF meeting. He took us through this wonderful workshop where we did do some really uh, deep digging on and his his method for decision-making. We walked out of that that forum. And a lot of the health leaders present in the, in the meeting were just enthralled. They loved it. And I thought, man, what a great opportunity to share it with everybody listening here. So, Bill, I just want to give you a warm welcome and an opportunity to fill in any of the blanks of the intro that I may have left out. Welcome. Well
1: thank you Saul it's a pleasure to be here and uh, I think you did a quite good job of providing an overview and an intro and and it was a pleasure as well to meet you in San Francisco at the conference it is always a wonderful opportunity and you never know how it's going when you're going to introduce a new method to 50 100 people who are highly professional folks and you're going to get them to do an experiential activity. Again, what we wanted to do in San Francisco was actually give folks a flavor of what it's like to really feel the kind of the new world, the new thinking, the new behaviors, the new way of interacting that we're seeing around the globe really move us towards a new kind of approach to organizing. The challenge, and again, it's this isn't really understated, you know, our institutions aren't working. They're just not able to respond as rapidly as the world is changing. And we have business models that are designed based on old thinking the church, the military, the industrial revolution, which the kind of thinking that occurred to develop, you know, Max Weber and Frederick Taylor, those folks, scientific management and, and the development of the bureaucracy made incredible sense at that moment in time. Yes but they don't actually work really well now. And so the way we're looking at how do we operate organizations in across sectors is in ways that no longer actually match the volatility and the complexity. And so what you got to experience in San Francisco was just a little sampling of what is actually occurring in organizations, but it is—it's uh, kind of the emerging wave, if you will, as opposed to the standard operating procedures.
0: It was certainly a very well-guided, informed process, folks. We had a huge piece of white paper on a, on a large wall where we jotted down a timeline, past, present, and and even future, and key things that happen in healthcare. One of the concepts was keeping in mind, you know, the continuum. Of what's happened in our industry. Now, a good thing to note is that Bill actually does this process across many, many industries. So he has the benefit of bringing in ideas from other industries, parallels that really help shape the thinking. Because yesterday's tools will not no longer meet tomorrow's needs. And so, Bill, you're you're obviously you know sampling across these different industries. But what's a hot topic that you feel you've seen? when working with your health companies?
1: I would say the biggest challenge is the shift in thinking. And the biggest challenge in relation to that has to a little bit to do with ego. And that is that when we need to change or modify our organizations, rather than everyone from the C-suite to the front line, focusing on what do I have to do differently? How do I have to shift? A really big challenge is to have the leaders actually shift as well. Because ultimately, unless the people who are setting the direction and managing the minds of business change, then it won't occur. The biggest challenge, and we see this globally, is the silos that are created from a hierarchical model. And we estimate that globally, maybe 85 to 90% of organizations Particularly larger or mid-sized to larger organizations um, have that business model, which served really well when things were slow and simple, rather than volatile and complex. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that's the biggest challenge, and and it's ubiquitous. It's it's like we see this kind of thing in our family models, we see this kind of thing in our community practices, we see this kind of thing uh, across organizations. Globally, and those models are great if we don't have the kind of challenges that we're faced with now. And so, and, and again, a big driver, the biggest driver that is challenging the existing model is the changes, the incredibly rapid changes in technology. We used to think of technology as a supporting mechanism when you're designing organizations. You know, when you're designing an organization, the first thing you have to do is you have to think about what the strategy is second thing you have to think about is what are the business processes the activities the work to support that st- accomplishing that strategy then what are the skill sets that you need in order to support that and then what are the supporting system hr technology that kind of stuff we used to think that way and technology was one of those things that we came in and it was an enabler no for the last 20 years That has really shifted to we have to think about technology when we're designing an organization, because that is the core of the our ability to mine information and get the right things at the right place at the right time. And so, you know, these actually are not new things. And they may be relabeled and renamed as, you know, the latest, the hottest, the thing, but they are core issues that we have been struggling with. Really, for 50 years, maybe maybe longer, as the complexity significantly increased, and as the volatility, the the innovation, this the disruption, you know, are off the wall. And industries that used to think that they were pretty well insulated from the kinds of disruption you don't see that anymore. Everyone is seeing this this disruption.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Bill and. With things like large mergers and acquisitions, implementation of EMR across hospitals, companies and service providers wanting to work with hospitals and the insurers. I mean, it is no easy task. You know, one of the, one of the, Infamous uh, things about healthcare is that it takes forever. You know, a sales cycle is long. To get anything done takes a long time. So, complex decision making is certainly in the fabric of of, of our industry. Give us an example of, you know, it doesn't have to be a healthcare bill, but something that you have done with an organization that's helped them create results.
1: So let's do a healthcare example because I, I think one of my favorite healthcare examples is the work under the Affordable Care Act to create uh, patient centered medical homes. Great idea. Again, it attends to all of the kinds of dynamics that organizations are faced with, shift from doctor centered to patient centered creating an actual space that is focused on the interactions and servicing the the patient, collaborative participation based on staff and nurses and doctors and a collaborative approach. Really a great, great model driven by, again, under the Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare, the real focus there was how do we make healthcare really attend to, rather than the silos of each different department and function, doing what it needs to do and then handing it off, really end-to-end care. So this, the patient-centered medical home was a great, really, prototype for that. And and many organizations, Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, took this on. And over a period of the first year of trying to move towards these, each of those organizations had one or two up and operating. A, s- a smaller organization, less well-known, called Alligent uh, Healthcare, used the kind of experience that we demoed at the San Francisco Conference. And they, they actually have a big conference center that is specifically designed for their decision-making. And rather than having the board go off and, you know, executives make decisions, when they need to make a decision about any major issue, They get a cross-section of the organization together, and these are not the people who are in titled positions. These are the people who know. So for example, I also did a project on oncology, and we brought 80 people together for a three-day prototype Mm -hmm. of an end-to-end oncology system. And so that effort is focused on bringing everyone who has the knowledge together together And they design, they go from looking at kind of the context, like at the San Francisco conference, that big whiteboard, the idea is you do the past, present, and the future, and you think about the context because context is critically important. And unless we do something like that in a group and have everyone get somewhat of a similar idea of what the context is Mm -hmm. and what the strategy is, we have lots of well-intentioned people going in different directions. So the idea is when decisions get need to get made, rather than a few people at the top making those decisions, and what we know from large organizations is those people, there may be this illusion that they know what's going on, but the truth of it is that's a facade. It's way too complex. And so with the patient-centered healthcare system, the same kind of thing. We brought a bunch. In that instance, we brought in Alligent Healthcare, those folks together, and they, in a three-day time frame, they prototyped the patient-centered medical home. By the end of the year, they had 26 patient-centered medical homes operational versus, nice. I think Mayo had two, and I think Cleveland had one. And that was because Mayo and Cleveland were still doing it the traditional way of kind of project manage it instead of prototyping it. And the project management way of doing work, again, worked really well in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and but not so much anymore. And so that the idea of shifting to prototyping, which is kind of what we modeled at, at the conference, sure. where you get the right people in the right room at the right time. And then the next piece that is so critical is those people leave, and they come back every month, check in, check progress. And there's a group of people who are assigned to make sure that there's communication and information that the idea is then the people who are operating in the organizational's vertical structure, the management structure, their job is to implement the outcomes, to make sure that those ideas that were developed are actually implemented. It's the idea that the leadership, and this is a big mind shift change, the leadership's focus is not to make the decisions, but to bring the people together who need to make the decisions and then support the implementation of the outcome. It's kind of like, from one perspective, and this is a big jump, it's kind of like the old town halls of the Northeast, and as opposed to kind of what we call town halls today, which are people just talking at each other. What happened there is the politicians would sit in the back of the hall, and the people would have a conversation and decide what needed to be done, and the politicians would then go out and implement them. So that's a big stretch, but it's the same thing where the leadership structure, the highest paid people in the room, their jobs are not to make the decisions. Their jobs are to bring the people together who have the knowledge to make the decision. Because the other amazing thing about that is when you do that, there are informal organizational networks, the trust network, the advice network, the communication network. You bring the people together who have the knowledge in the system and they will communicate out into those webs and adoption is really fast. So rather than having, and again, I've I've made all the mistakes. You got a question in your interview sheet about the mistakes. I've made all the mistakes. We used to take leaders off to the the mountain. You know, we'd spend a week and then we'd design a strategy. And I had a, a, my favorite experience of that is, with the department of agriculture we did that yeah. with the folks who were at the borders checking your, for fruits and stuff like that they came up with a great vision and strategy whipped to implement it and nothing happened it was a union environment wow. we brought the union folks together we engaged we did satellite which was awesome for you know the 90s and we engaged we had vision conferences we engaged everyone it took us about 3 months after we realized nobody was doing it the outcome was almost exactly the same as the leaders who went off on the mountain but the difference was we had engaged the people who had to do the work and they came up with pretty much the same thing and yeah. it was implemented wow. so mm-hmm. so this is the shift that we're seeing and the shift is really around understanding Human dynamics and engaging the people who are doing the work, and that engagement means the customers and the suppliers. You know, again, we we've, we've got complex ecosystems, and what we know again, when we shift from kind of the Newtonian perspective, cause and effect, to really quantum mechanics. In addition to the Newtonian perspective, we know everything's connected, and so one of my early experiences with in terms of understanding the kind of thinking that is beginning to happen in healthcare is I went to a conference with the Plexus Institute. Mm-hmm. Their focus is getting, uh, talk about mind shift. Their focus is getting people to shift out of the kind of the Newtonian cause and effect, the the, the linear perspective about how organizations operate to complexity theory. Mm-hmm. And I met a guy named John Carnegie and John Carnegie is, has been, he was a, executive in healthcare. And then he's written a book called Designed to Adapt, Leading Healthcare in Challenging Times. And he's using complexity theory, which is the best approach Mm -hmm. to deal with complexity as opposed to kind of linear project management kind of approaches that are not fast enough. And so to me, and I met him early on and before we started working with healthcare in terms of these decision accelerators and those kinds of things, And I was amazed that there were healthcare leaders who really got it. And again, I was inspired by him. He's contributed to my thinking. Again, in San Francisco, when we did the mini sampling of the Decision Accelerator, people got it. And to me, part of what we're seeing happening now is there's a readiness to adopt new models, Yes. There's a big risk though. And, and again, part of the challenge is what are some of the primary drivers of the business industry? And and if the primary drivers are fear or risk, which are important considerations, but they're not necessarily the thing you want to drive your business on, they can paralyze an industry. And we have seen that in multiple industries, but we've seen it in healthcare as well, too. So I I don't have an answer, but I'm delighted to see you know over the last ten or fifteen years some great thinkers and some really innovative approaches being used in healthcare, and we still have a long ways to go.
0: Yeah, Bill, some some great examples there the leaders on the mountaintop versus bringing people in. Look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of companies and organizations that, like you said, medium to large, that are struggling to move the needle. And there's a reason for that, folks. There's a reason why you're not moving the needle every single year, like you'd like to. And it's the the change in thinking that needs to happen. And so, Bill, the people in the room were excited when we did this exercise, like, they were excited. I'm like, wow, I didn't expect them to be excited about <laughs> the right. thinking process. I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to be a process. But no, I'm, everybody was excited. And I was excited because I'm thinking, wow, these are some great tools we could leave here with. So nice job. And thanks for walking us through that, folks. It's the tip of the iceberg. The work that Bill does is super powerful. You could uh, learn a little bit more. Go to his website. It's www. ZTCconsulting.net. We'll leave a link to that in the, in the show notes as well. But um, tell me one of your proudest moments has been with the work that you do, Bill.
1: So for example, when I do a workshop and the kind of energy that you experienced comes out of the group and the light bulbs come on and people start really shifting, that's to me because ultimately and and part of the work as you as you got to experience is it's moving people out of their heads people are again in our culture western culture business very head oriented and our head is you know in our mind and our brain and our intellect is awesome but it's only one of the tools we have mm-hmm. our heart our gut our body are also part of our toolkit and to me These sessions, the ones you experience, are designed to take advantage of all of those. Really bring your whole self into the process. And so for me, ultimately, when someone has an experience like that and it's a full kind of experience and they're getting, again, we've got this incredible instrument, this vehicle that we're in, and we don't always use it all the time. And it's got some great capabilities. And so part of the design process is really to fully engage people. And to me, ultimately, how do we access the potential, you know, the human potential that we have? And I think we've got a lot of opportunity to do that. Part of that is getting us out of our boxes. The design, you know, we use design thinking, design approaches in these decision accelerators, and we bring them into a new place, get people out of their cubes and out of the tradition. We as human beings get into patterns really well. You know, we are designed... Our brain, from a neuroscience perspective, loves patterns and things that it can easily solve. And so, to me, we don't talk with the clients about that kind of detail, but we think right. about it in the design process and setting mm-hmm. these up. And so, people have an experience that they walk away from, and things have shifted. And to me, ultimately, for sustainable change, it has to be change that is embodied. And so, when I see people light up and I see people become Excited about things that could be really mundane and probably have been in the past, like organizational planning stuff. Exactly, I think that's what I get most pleased about.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's really great, and and it did happen. And I mean, one of the things that I remember, Bill, is is that like you gave us, I mean, sometimes like sixty seconds to come up with ideas, and that's like that's really fast. But because we kept doing it. All of a sudden, like everybody's brains started working faster. And it's just like this agility concept that was awesome. And I think that's one of the reasons people got excited is like, wow, we don't have to take months on end to do organizational planning. And so love that you did that. It's clear that you're driven by the, the people shift and and having them see and then and then seeing the breakthrough that these these types of uh decision thinking has on their organizations. Um so this part of the interview getting here to the end is a lightning round. So I'll ask you a couple questions. We'll put together a mini syllabus for the listeners. And then we'll ask you for your favorite book. You ready? Okay. All right. So this is around uh, design thinking for organizations. So what's the best way to improve outcomes through that? That is
1: a really simple question. And that is to engage the people you know, who are doing the work.
0: What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Thinking that any one particular individual has the answers. How do you stay relevant? Despite constant change,
1: continuous inward journey. You know, it's like know thyself so that I don't get in the way of what's trying to emerge or what my clients want.
0: What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Learning. These next two, Bill, are a little more fun. So, what is your number one health habit? Ah, yoga. I love love yoga. I just started. I just started a couple of weeks ago. It's
1: awesome. Oh, I got I got my teaching certificate in India. <laughs> Did you really? It's no awesome kidding. Thing. It's- wow. wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you've been at it for a while then. I have. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And what is your number one success habit? Humility. Powerful. And the last one, Bill, what book would you recommend to the listeners?
1: I think one of my favorite books that kind of captures really the whole spectrum of what's happening in organizations is called Reinventing Organizations. It's a guide to creating organizations inspired by the next stage of human consciousness. The level of consciousness in which the current business models were created is no longer existent. Mm-hmm. And we have to design our organizations at the level of consciousness that we are at now. So I love this book.
0: Oh, great recommendation, folks. You could find a link to the book, the entire transcript, or just the the mini syllabus of our discussion at outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, just type in Bill Zybach at Z Y B A C H. You'll find it there or type in ZTC Consulting. Both of those searches will uh, yield you the the episode for today. I would love if you just left us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could follow your work or get in touch.
1: Yeah, sure. In spite of the challenges that we're faced with, there are amazing things happening all over the globe. They don't necessarily always get the attention, you know, that the – Information machines love replicating. But to me, it is about slowing down, breathing, and taking in the amazing lessons of nature. To me, that's, that's always my true north. And what, right. is it, what, what was the other question,
0: so. Uh And what's the best way to get in touch with you or follow your work? The best way is at the
1: website at www.ztcconsulting.net.
0: Outstanding. Bill, thanks again. Really appreciate you carving out some time today to, to share uh, these transformational decision-making skills and, and this topic that I think could serve all of our listeners. So really appreciate you making time. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Al. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast.